Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. train hope you had a great thanksgiving hope everybody had a happy thanksgiving with their friends and family so uh, i tell you it was kind of a surprise you know <laughs> there's some you know it was a short christmas or not short christmas short thanksgiving for me um but yeah i can tell you this granny um wow this year's almost over folks and um it's quite a bit, you know, the title pertaining, you know, the path to success in pro wrestling is. And there's some names listed on the tags, Alexa Bliss, Simon Dallas Page, Bobby Roode, Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels. I will add Cody Rhodes to that list because Granny, I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram saying, how are you, uh, how do you come up with these titles and, and where do you get the origins and stuff? And I said, look, man, this stuff just comes to me. And by the way, we for real have a real Instagram. It's Wrestle underscore Radio. There are pictures. There's pictures of our guests. One of the guests I had contacted. Um, time is kind of a concerning issue, but we're working on it. So, um, so we anyways, had Ronnie Nicole on our show last night. B Train. Really? How's Ronnie doing? Yeah, she she seemed like she was doing really well. So we had her on our show last night. Ronnie's enjoyed having the interview with her. Yes. Yeah, she's such a sweetheart. I love her to death because why? She knows. I know. Well, we claim we all know what success in wrestling is, but Ronnie, how an example of success, guys, is that she said, I started out and I was, you know, I was told there's not a lot of uh, black female wrestlers around. And. I, I kind of, you know, when I listen back on that episode, I say, yeah, she's she's right. I mean, her trainer's kind of, you know, she said, you, he told her, um, I'm not going to specify what <coughs> that specifically, just per, you know, paraphrasing my own way in the B train, synopsis of what was said by her trainer, which is, you got to be aggressive, you got to, you know, complain less, you have to sacrifice a lot you have to be on the road away from family away from friends you have to sacrifice time on the weekends with friends so there's a lot folks that goes into pro wrestling success i ain't the best person to help you with that but what i from my what i can say of being to two monster factory camps <clears throat> one brutal bob evans seminar one sammy callahan seminar is keep going just keep keep with it keep evolving yourself because you you gotta ways like I find ways to make titles and granny finds ways to you know add input or you know give her peace there's ways in success man that you can't imagine 
like these individuals that I just listed, like uh, Bliss, Paige, Rude, Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels, even Stone Cold Steve Austin, they went through more hell than you can ever imagine. And if you don't believe me, read their books or watch their documentaries if you don't like reading. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura, granny, took 15 years. It took him almost 15 years to get to WWE. Wow. So... Yeah, in Asuka, same thing. It only took a decade and a half because in Japan, there's so many few far and in-betweens like Io Shirai and Mako Satomura. There's plenty more. Evil, you know, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, once upon a time, tried out for World Wrestling Entertainment in 2004, folks. So for those of you staking claim saying that Kenny Omega is pure blah, 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 once upon a time, AJ Styles tried out for WWE when he had <clears throat> short hair, which is kind of weird to picture AJ in short hair. Yes, <laughs> but it does. He, folks, is in his 40s. Bobby Roode is in his early 40s. And it took Diamond Dallas Page to the age of 35 to get his big break in WCW. And I vaguely remember him, man, you know, having Kim... And one of the Nitro girls back in the day, showing my age here, it shows you that no matter what you do, you have to try. William Regal, who wrestled at the age of 13 or 14 years old at a circus, you know, he didn't have very much to go off on, folks, but the path to success in pro wrestling is dot, dot, dot. People are going to tell you, I went through hell. Those are going to be the first few words out of their mouths. I had to work hard. I had to shut my mouth. I had to listen to what the promoter wanted out of me. If, if you know what, Granny, I wish you know, I was living you know, close because I would like for you to borrow my uh, book about Daniel Bryan because some of the stories that he tells, especially when he first breaks into the business, you know, um, he saved up all his money, worked at McDonald's, and... He lied to his parents about saving it for college tuition, spent over $5,000 on a school for Dean Malenko because it was close, and then come to find out the school shut down. So he said, is there any possible – he called the school up and said, is there any possible way I can get my money back? And they told him, nope, it's non-refundable. And he had busted his ass working extra shifts just to get into said wrestling school, but it doesn't end there, man. He he wanted so badly to be pro wrestler, and it's not just Daniel Bryan, it's all of us. When we first started is what you'll hear. This is what I we thought was going to be our ticket into the business because, you know, it depends on the times. When Seth Rollins was doing it, you know, Eddie Guerrero was still around very briefly. When Ambrose was, you know, around, same thing. He had to wrestle in companies like CZW. He wrestled in Puerto Rico. He wrestled anywhere that he could, you know, learn. Some people are quick learners, and um, others just adapt naturally, like, you know, Flash, uh, Travis Whip Gordon, and um, Cody Rhodes, Granny is another one. He didn't – he had a brief stint in WWE where he just uh, – <clears throat> He really wasn't, he's being batted around a little bit, but he never really said anything bad about it. I mean, I haven't heard him speak in Ring of Honor badly of Hunter or anyone else. I mean, look at him now. He was a tag team champion. He was an NWA world champion like his dad. I mean, that has to mean something to Cody. So no matter where you end up, yeah, no matter where you end up, folks, there's always a path to success. I was a manager, you know. I'm not ashamed of my path at all. Sure, I had, you know, a few bumps in the road, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, woe was me. I I once upon a time was great, and I'm going to stay in my glory days. No. I'm here right here right now with Granny Hulkster, (coughs) you know, who has, you know, helped me a lot. Because it's hard running a show by yourself, folks. It really is. And like I said... I've been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I once, you know, I, I asked her, and the story, the story is, I, I said, hey, do you know, do you want to be a guest on my show? We're going to do a trial run to see who the uh, co-host will be. And speaking of which, not to turn the page back, you know, to my backstories, folks, but social media drama, one of the paths to success in wrestling, keep the drama to a minimum so that when a company looks at you, they're not going to see, okay, Brian, you know, he's he's a real good guy, but he just can't stay away from the drama, man. He's constantly razzing on everybody. He's constantly talking about our company in a bad way. Why should we hire him? That's why I titled it The Path to Success in Pro Wrestling is doing the little things right. Your social media game better be up, as Danny Cage would say. Instead of bragging about, you know, being an extra, which is fun. It is fun. I ain't going to lie. But instead of bragging about that, why not up your social media game so you get more followers? So that gets the attention of not only WWE, but New Japan or Ring of Honor or Progress Wrestling or whatever's out there, man. There's a lot of things that I would, you know, say can be a detriment to your success. And one of those things, Granny, is trauma. I, for one, have found myself in a couple of uh, dramatic situations when I've involved myself in pro wrestling, and I can tell you from experience, it ain't exactly a walk in the park, but once you get out of that drama, ooh, let me tell you, breath of fresh air. (laughs) Air, yeah, breath of fresh air, that's right. I mean, you know, you talk about drama. I mean, oh my gosh, I've had my share of drama over the years and you know I I don't like it I don't want to be a part of it you know you got something to say to me you best be telling me to my face and not behind my back or not talking to other people about me because then we might have a problem but I mean I just uh, yeah I've had my share of drama and, I, and you know fans just for those that you don't know, <clears throat> you know, everybody thinks that Granny's a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. Never have been, never will be. You know, yeah, they get me involved here and there in little videos and interviews and whatever, you know. They handcuff me to a manager, whatever, you know, but I am not a wrestler. Okay, just so you know, I am not a wrestler. Never have been, never will be. I just enjoy being a fan. And... But yeah, I've had my share of drama, and it's not fun. It's 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 not fun at all. I mean, um, matter of fact, I hate it, and it it really tore me up. I I was helping some very good friends. Um, they were trying to start a independent wrestling company, very small. Um, you know, and I was trying to help them. They wanted to do a show, and I was trying to help them locate a building. And I said, okay, you've got to go out, and you've got to promote this. If you want the people to come, it's kind of like in the Field of Dreams movie. If you build it, they will come. Okay. If you promote it, they will come. And they didn't have that great of a turnout. And, you know, I felt bad for them. And I had two very good friends of mine um, – one of them is no longer with us. He passed away about almost eight years ago, and I, I miss him dearly. Uh, him and his tag team partner, Big Bubba Hall, you know, um, his name was The Real Deal, Adrian Steele. They said, Granny, you cannot blame yourself for this. And I said, I know, but it tore me up so bad. That's why I would never want to be a promoter. I would never want to be a booker. I, I know what is involved. I don't want to do it. You know, I just want to enjoy being able to go and have fun and, and boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys and, and try to make it fun for everybody involved that's there, you know. But I do not – I no, I, I – um, and then we did another show, and we were trying to, um, <clears throat> you know, raise toy you know, bring toys, you know, toys for tots or whatever it was, you know, and – you know, for for kids at Christmas time that, you know, weren't going to have a Christmas. You know, we were trying to make it like a benefit show. And and one of the wrestler's wives jumped all over me. 
and says, well, you posted the wrong date. And I said, no, I did not. And I told her, I said, you best get out of my face right now because I said, if you don't, I said, there is going to be serious problems. So I said, get out of my face and quit yelling at me. And I turned around and walked away, started walking away, and she yelled something else at me. And I said, that's it. I said, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you anymore about this. I was trying to be professional about it and not making a total jerk of myself like she was doing, you know. And so, no, I – those are just a couple prime examples, fans, of how difficult it is. I mean – People may think that, hey, this is a piece of cake, but it's not. You know, there's a lot of time involved, a lot of work involved. You just can't just snap your fingers and poof, it's done. It's 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 going to be there. It, you, you have to promote all the time. You have to get that word out about your event, about your whatever you're doing. It's not a piece of cake, people, let me tell you. I've been there, done that. You know, I used to host I used to host a podcast for several years. I started off calling in, then they made me kind of a co host. Then they then they then I was the host for four or five years for this podcast. And then I had to step back because of my health and then a, a good friend of mine took over the podcast and I kinda helped him. But um, no, it's it's not a piece of cake. I mean, if if you think you can go out there and just ooh, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm I'm going to you know start a wrestling company, it's not it's not all uh, sugar and spice and everything nice. I mean, there's a lot of work involved. Yeah, and I, you know what, folks, it's not easy is correct because. That's the one word I hate in pro wrestling is some people it comes easy to getting the fans behind you and social media. Do you think guys like Kurt Gannon or Tim Rockwell or Luke Langley or Jaden Lee or Flip Gordon, I can go down the list. Do you think Brutal Bob Evans and Danny Cage just twiddle their thumbs and go, yeah, I I can get people to follow me just because of my name? In some instances, yes. In some instances, no. I don't speak for Danny. I don't speak for Brutal Bob, but those two are my top two favorites to follow. Why? Because they're always showing me something different. It's not just, okay, here's a here's a documentary about Monster Factory or here's, you know, um, Hangs with Bob seminar, blah, 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 again. No, it's because those two granny have taught me a lot in wrestling. I'm still learning. I am still learning about how one can better oneself in the world of pro wrestling. Because if you think, like Granny said, if you think you can just snap your fingers and people will magically appear at a wrestling show, number one, you have to have a ring. Number two, you have to have the boards properly cut. You know, you have to have the steel girders. You have to have the ring apron. You have to have the turnbuckles. You have to have the ropes. Make sure that your venue is set. Make sure that you have sponsors. One of the biggest things that kind of is one of my pet peeves is people who believe that they're already established and they don't have to. They don't have to try. And then, you know, more power to you. You're basically a hobbyist. If you think that, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm fine. You know, just being regular Joe Schmo in said wrestling organization without even having to try. That's, you know, that's one of my, it bothers me, but I don't outwardly say I just let that person or, you know, the people that think like that, that believe in their little bubble or social bubble of their wrestling fraternity or sorority, whatever it is, is that their egos are much bigger than you can imagine. I've met some people, I've met, I've been around several wrestling personalities and I'm still going to probably meet more. And one of those I liked, oh, actually, I like several. Nikki Cross, Eric Young, Killian Dane, not just Sandy. I like gimmicks with edge. I like people that are edgy, even outside the ring. I met Bray Wyatt, Granny, um, just recently. Really nice guy. 
Uh, he's a lot more calm than he is, you know. Of course, he is kind of weird, creepy calm, you know, as his character, but very nice guy. Um, I met him a couple days ago, very, you know, just passing by. And he was really cool, really nice. I like people that I can relate to. And let's see, I've met Daniel Bryan, you know, at World of Wheels. I've met Roman Reigns. And after meeting Brian Pillman Jr. in person at WrestleCon and over the phone, I can tell you I like people that, you know, I'm able to relate to, not people that believe that they're too good for the fans. I get it. You know, you're tired. But the path to success in wrestling is being able to relate to yourself outside the ring, not just I'm here to please the fans. This is just This is just not, you know – you're going to get a variety of opinions, folks, when you have what is the success to professional wrestling. Three words. Keep it simple, stupid. If you are in pro wrestling and you meet someone or some people like Granny and myself, we're going to have di- you know different variances of who, what we like and who we like to cheer and who we like to boo. But uh, what I'm getting at is, man, is when you get to that top, the top of the mountain, what is – Granny, I want your opinion. Who do you think has already reached the absolute top of the mountain? Who do you think is like one of the biggest influences in wrestling that could tell young people that are in wrestling or involved in wrestling right now do's and don'ts? Oh wow, that's well, that's that, that's a toughie. I mean, I could think of several. I could think of several names that could probably qualify under that to 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 do that. I really do and um my goodness. Oh my. <laughs> I could I could think of several names. I really could. I mean, you know, um Wow. Off the top of your head like um, who would who would you who would you pick? Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels would be a, a, a good a good one to respond to do's and don'ts. For starters, you know, I mean. Yeah. Folks, uh, i got a story to tell you, Granny, that probably hasn't been told on Chronicles or bio or whatever. <clears throat> a long time ago, WWE or F had a show in Wichita. And a friend of mine who happened to be on the first episode of Money Night Raw, no joke, Scott Vita. You can actually look it up, folks. He actually was on the first episode of Monday Night Raw, got squashed by Bastion Booger. Anyways, he said that that uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, Scott Hall are friends now, but Shawn trashed the hotel and used Scott's name. So when Scott got to the hotel, the the police officers arrested Scott Hall and Scott was like wait I didn't, I did not tra- I did not you know trash this hotel it's not me so well yeah it was under your name Sean left the hotel I mean back then <coughs> Sean Michaels wasn't the greatest of guys and you hear that a lot and you hear people say he was a jerk but I'm glad granny brought up this example of who could tell kids what to do and what not to do how to do more than just bumps, but how to make yourselves look really theatrical. For example, like Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 22. I mean, Granny, those entrances alone set the tone for the match. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, you had Shawn Michaels coming down from heaven. It was so badass to see Sean on top of this huge chair, and he's all dressed in white. And then the Undertaker's gong hits, and you see him come up from the ground as if he was coming up from hell. And you see the flames, you know, the pyro flames just accentuate the Undertaker. Not just that, folks, but Shawn Michaels could tell you if you're in a big match, you want to make everything, you know, start off like a crescendo, start off a little, you know, quiet, and then go up. You don't want to start off fast, 
so the crowd won't, you know, get behind you. But Sean could tell you a lot more than just how to start a match and end a match. Could also, you know, add some sense of humor in there. The other reason why he's a good motivator is because you don't have to be the biggest guy in the bunch. Look at Sid Scala for NXT UK. Look at Daniel Bryan, one of his trainees. Look at Brian Kendrick. I mean, he's in 205 Live. There's a lot of names that come, you know, supposedly falling from grace that have similar stories to Shawn Michaels, not quite the uh, comeback or comebacks that Shawn Michaels has always had. But I believe Shawn would be a great, great guy to pick his brain and ask because it's always good to ask questions. What advice, to simply, you know, you can keep it simple, like um, what advice would you have for guys, you know, just starting out in the business? What What would you tell them is the best way to go about doing things? And I'm pretty sure, as I said, I don't speak for Sean, but he would give you a concrete answer that would mean he'd give you a direct you know, this is what's good and this is what's bad to do. Because back in his day, he didn't have social media. He just had, you know, a little semblance of AOL, for those of us who remember that little <laughs> that little tidbit. There wasn't really, you know, much drama that we knew about. And if there was social media back in the day, uh, you can just imagine how things would be a lot different back in those days. But yes, I my one of my picks, Granny, would be the not so polar opposite. But um, I would say the best person to ask for advice because I've met him a couple of times, William Regal. Yeah, that would be another you, good one too. That would that was another one of my choices. Because so. <laughs> um, the man has. Well, as the phrase goes, lick the pooch because he did have a drinking problem, folks. And one of his messages to people who are, you know, struggling with that is seek help immediately or don't have a career in wrestling at all. Unless your name or unless your names were Brian Pillman, Eddie Guerrero. Why? Because the stories behind them were they were functioning addicts, meaning they could function. Most people believe that Brian Pillman was completely on drugs. That's not true. And I'm pretty sure Junior could tell you that. He didn't know much of his father. And I'm not going to touch too much on that, but I'm just going to say, don't judge a book by its cover because, yes, Eddie had demons too, but his path to success was when he was 15, his father got Eddie involved you know, in wrestling. And Eddie, at first, you know, was very stiff. You know, it wasn't very entertaining. When he started adding some character, some flavor to his personality to get people drawn into him, you really didn't start seeing it, folks, until the later years in WCW. And then when he got to WWE, it was like, wow, Eddie's here. You know, you had Eddie Malenko. You had all these guys. They can tell you the path to success means not just hard work, but also channeling the right people and, and speaking up at the right time. Because you can't just, Granny, I've learned this, you can't just be quiet in your career and expect to get success. And one of the lines that Danny Cage says is, you can have the most unique gimmick of all, but when it comes time, you fall in line if you want a paycheck. That's true. Because you can be outspoken, but if you're too outspoken, and I'll use Austin Aries as an example, um, and Neville too, I'll get to him. Austin Aries was very successful in NXT. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be as explosive when you get to Maine. I get it. Some people are saying, well, I don't know why they put him in the cruiserweight division. Well... I can't answer from the booking perspective of why they do that. I can't answer you guys why exactly what goes on behind the scenes, you know, production-wise, Kevin Dunn, Michael Hayes, Jamie Noble, Armstrong, and all them. I know names, but I don't know. I am not inside their brains to tell you 
why they chose to put a really successful talent from NXT where they put him. It's better than nothing, but it also, I get it, 205 Live is not, you know, going to show his potential. However, you know, you can't, I understand, Granny, that, you know, if you're frustrated behind the scenes, you know, and you don't want things to be drama, yet you're saying, I'm, I'm a good talent, please book me here. Dude, it's called wait. I know some guys are not really apt for patience, but what really bugs me is that people who have careers, and I don't, and Kurt doesn't, and others do not have a career in the bigs, as I like to say, is you'd be better off if you, you know, were as outspoken because you know that you're good, but yet you think that's going to help your case when it comes to being successful in a place like WWE, which will vary because the same thing with Loki and Ring of Honor. He's a great wrestler, and Delirious even said this at a seminar. Some people now do not want to touch him with a 10-foot pole because of his attitude. He's not, you know, denouncing in a negative way how Loki is, but Granny, I mean, over the years we've seen, okay, CM Punk, we've seen him exit. There's a lot of theories about why and how and what happened. Guys, the success in wrestling, look, he found success elsewhere. Unfortunately, I don't know why he's insisting upon MMA, but that's just Punk. I love him to death because he kind of, rejuvenated my love, you know, for wrestling for just a little bit. You know, he's a rebel. He he was different. But when you look at Neville, Granny, I read this. He goes, why did you leave WWE? Was it because of Enzo? And he said, no, I really didn't care for him. I just didn't like his attitude in the backstage area. Neville is kind of the opposite of Austin Aries. He said... I left World Wrestling Entertainment because I walked out and Vince was going to sue me for breach of contract on four different occasions. He said it was a little bit of a mess, but I have nothing bad to say other than I was just frustrated. So that, you know, in that regard, Neville, who also was, you know, successful worldwide, saying, I'm tearing it up in Dragon Gate. I would love to tear up the roster in New Japan. But... You know, why mess up a good thing is what he's basically trying to say. I don't speak for him either, but Granny, when you compare Aries and Neville, Neville really kind of took the uh, high road and found, you know, success elsewhere. Same thing with Aries, but it just, some people, (laughs) it bugs me when they complain when they're already there. That's what bugs me about Austin Aries, just a smidge. Yeah. Like, you're already at the where people would kill to be at, and you're going to creative and knocking down doors. You don't do that shit, dude. You just... Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, you just don't. You know, <laughs> you know, you just don't sit there and be like... That'd be like if someone was to tell Granny, you know, would she plan stuff for WFC, and then someone were to say, well we don't need you to do this because we already have so-and-so trying to do this. And Granny would look at him funny and be like, I've been doing this for years back off. Yep. (laughs) It's just like, I mean, I, I help with, I help with numerous, I have helped with numerous fundraisers over the years. And I mean, I'm willing to work with anybody. You know, I'm willing to, you know, somebody wants to help me, I, I'm all for it. But when someone wants to, quote unquote, uh, be in charge, <laughs> you know, you work together as a team. You know, there's not no I or me in team, you know, it's, it, you work together as a team, you, you, you help each other out. And that's what working together when you're trying to do a benefit for somebody, you know, or just trying to 
make something successful, it takes a lot of teamwork to to make it to make it work. There's just there's just several things, folks, that I there's several factors into what makes you person that's involved in pro wrestling, Tiffany. If you just go to it every day, work on what you need improving the most. You just asked me, well, I need a lot of improving upon how I go about doing my in-ring work. Well, you got to start with the basics. It's not just bumping or selling. It's are you landing the bump safe? Are you listening to your trainer? Are you serving as best you can? Because, as Brutal Bob Evans would say, are you serving the business, or not just the business, but are you serving your abilities <clears throat> as best you can? If you're not, then you need to go back to the drawing board, write down, do whatever you have to do um, to become successful. Do what, If it's not writing down, then watch yourself. Have someone video you on the phone since we're all glued to our phones. Like, I'm not going to lie, I am glued to mine. But not as, you know, I actually look up and look people in the eye and have conversations, which is very rare nowadays. But um, what I'm trying to say is if you're, if you've been listening to us, where do you, who do you train with? Okay. Well, I'm not going to, you know, dials on who you train with. So, like I said, I'm not judgmental. I'm only someone who will be brutally honest with you if you allow me to take in what you're giving me. So what you're telling me is you've been training only three days a week. You need to train a lot more than that. How long have you been training? A year, year, year and a half? year and a half, okay. How many matches do you have? You've only had wow, you count okay that's that's better than me. I can remember some of the matches I've managed in, so you've uh you've wrestled in twenty one matches, okay, so not very many that's you know more than most, but um, my advice to you is just keep keep your ears open, go to seminars, monster factories having a super camp. I don't know if there's any open spots left, but if you want to go to that, my suggestion is you go. Do you remember Dusty Gold, Granny? Oh, yes. He is going to that camp, and I had been – it's funny. Word of mouth through B-Train. Go to the Monster Factory camp. Go to the Monster Factory camp. I'm not going to take credit for them because, they, you know, he goes, eventually when I have money, eventually, you know, when I can go. He messages me and says, I'm going to the uh, Monster Factory, and I said, "Mm, congratulations, because that place, like I said, is responsible for some of the people from Attitude Era and Era's past, King Kong Bundy, anybody, Uh, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, uh, current NXT up-and-coming star Matt Riddle, Um, the other one that graduated from Danny's uh, school, Steve Cutler. Uh, you're, you're also looking at Ring of Honor graduates like uh, Gabby Martinez, you know Punishment <clears throat> Martinez, who now is also an MP. So I was happy, Granny, that he he messaged me and said, "This was a few weeks ago." He said, "I'm going to Monster Factory," and I said, "Okay, cool." You know, you you are the reason, Tiffany. You are your success, not anyone else. So you're saying you're you're complaining to me about. You know, not getting a fair shake. That's kind of what I used to do, and it really got me nowhere. So, gonna, this is a brutal, honest moment here. If you keep bitching and moaning about certain things, it's not gonna change unless you make the change. Very true. <clears throat> because you can sit and complain about how your football team is not, you know, or your baseball team or whatever, or your route to work is too long. So, you know, guys, we have technology. You can, we also have bandwagons. 
So if you don't like your football team, jump ship. If you're loyal, eventually you'd be regretting it if you don't stay with them and they win a football game or they win a baseball game or they, your your favorite uh, race car driver wins a race. You know, it's just you got to be patient in the world of pro wrestling, Tiffany. You just kind of have to be because I'm pretty sure that you're a good, you know, you're a good spirit. You got a good spirit. You got a good heart. What you got to understand is there's a lot of heartache in wrestling, and it makes you stronger. It makes you a better person. Have Make one friend. You don't have to make many friends. If you do, okay, you're very fortunate because in wrestling, you have a lot of <laughs> people tell you there's a lot of backstabbing. There's a lot of politicking. There's a lot of two-faced people. Yeah, there is. That's a sad reality. I made a few friends. I wouldn't say the guys that I see at wrestling shows with my big brother, Kurt, are my friends, but I get along with them. I have never had any issues with them. So, just, okay. Go to your wrestling training facility. Go there. Work on what you need work you know, worked out and go from there. That's all the is that all the questions? Do you have any questions, Tiffany, at all anymore? Okay, well I'm glad to help. Thank you. <laughs> um if you have any more questions, folks, send them, you know, to wrestle underscore radio. I will be, you know, doing my homework and getting guests on this show. I realize that's the one area that's lacking for me, so I'm not going to bitch and moan about that. I will do my homework and message as many people as I can. Rapid fired. If I get one yes, um, I did actually get a yes, Granny, but this person, like I said, was having time issues, um, and any day of the week will work for this person. So I will get on the horn as soon as I can. So there's that. And, uh, you know, Granny, I read something that kind of just bothers me. (laughs) I happened to look on the payroll of how much people were getting paid in wrestling. And guess whose name popped open and got added more to his paycheck? Oh, let me guess. And the first three guesses don't count. Brock Lesnar, right? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Instead of six and a half million dollars, you know, from Forbes and NewYorkPost.com and <clears throat> all the financials, folks, he is now getting paid twelve million dollars. Twelve. Twelve. In which I ain't surprised because. He did put on a decent match with Daniel Bryan, but I think that was mainly Daniel Bryan, in my opinion. I'm not going to – I can't – Raw was uh, kind of uh, – yeah, okay, so they added a show for the first time in quite some time. I didn't watch my roommate, but he said, you might be surprised. They actually had a show, and I said, uh – let me guess, Boren Corbin added himself in a uh, handicap match against Finn Balor since he hates Finn Balor. How did you know? Well, to be quite honest, dude, I have results on my phone, and I didn't even it, the network, you know, kind of zaps you or actually sends you the results on <clears> your phone. <throat> the tag team match was he soiled Bobby Roode's robe. Okay, so what are they doing? Are they purposely? Yeah, I mean, well, and at the very beginning of Raw, they talked to Braun Strowman, and of course, then Boren Corbin, oh, you know, well, (laughs) looks like like I'm going to be winning by a forfeit because he's not going to be able to be at TLC, which means I'm going to be the new general manager-elect person, you know, la-di-da-di-da, well, hello... You know, and then Elias almost beats Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush pulls the referee out of the ring and he 
disqualifies Bobby Lashley and, and Boring Carvin says, oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I was so rudely interrupted, I didn't get a chance to say this, but this is now a no disqualification match. Let's start the match over. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, people are, are people are, it, it, it's getting to the point where I was so fed up with Raw last night. I just, I turned it off. I I just I turned it off. I I couldn't stand to watch what was going on. You know, and I just, I just I couldn't stand it. I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely horrible. I would rather you take see? an independent show any time over what happened on Monday Night Raw last night. And it's just like, I try and warn people, but you get what you get out of it. I haven't watched Raw in forever, and here's why. I I just don't, when they say Nia Jax did not purposely hit Becky Lynch. Okay, look, folks, I don't want to get into the dramatics of that. I knows better than I. Becky knows better than anyone. Was it intentional or not? No, I I say this nicely. The only reason why I caught the tail end of Monday Night Raw, folks, is because, number one, in Enterprise, they have it on USA Network. I don't know why. One of our managers I found out was a wrestling fan, and even he said, that look, you know, SmackDown Live made it better. And I said, I tried to tell people, when you said, Granny, that a big swing and icon, going to definitely message icon about doing a pay-per-view roundup called Fatal Four, folks, I'm going to be reintroducing because I realized that got me um, 38 listens in one full week. And not only that, that got me an average six listens after that. Anyways, we're going to be talking about TLC, Survivor Series, and Evolution, which of course was badass pay-per-view, by the way, folks. When it comes to Survivor Series and they wanted to put Raw over, fans are having a hard time believing that Raw could be a decent show. It's not that it can't be, but when you're running the same angle every single week, it's going to propel Granny to be like, why should I turn you on if it's going to be the same shtick? Even, you know, when the fact that People are like, well, I can get why they took the titles off of uh, Rollins and Ambrose. Yes, because we know the shield is no more to be kind of pointless to hang by a thread. But at the same token, when you put an authoritative figure um, in the constant, it's like watching an episode on loop. And it doesn't really change. I got to say... of being a wrestling fan for a long period of time, Granny, even longer, we would appreciate it if there were less promos. And there were more matches, so we got to give them that. But we would appreciate it if you guys could just together a show like, you know, SmackDown Live does. Oh, and Granny, did you happen to catch Starcade? No, I did not, but I heard I heard about it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't good. It was kind of like, oh, is this your version of Coliseum videos? Because I remember those. I remember those as a child, putting live shows on uh, VHS, like uh, non-televised matches, and they were really popular because they had Shawn Michaels, they had Diesel, they had the Wild Samoans, they had all kinds of uh, names. Now they have names, but they're failing to use them. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't really pertain to watching Monday Night Raw because, one, you have a champion that doesn't show up. Two, the Intercontinental title, they're trying to subs- or, you know, subside all that pain by saying, well, he has people issues. He has anxiety. So do I, fuckers, and I still do a podcast. I don't go 
weeks without being on air and make Granny host the show for six weeks. That's like what Lesnar does when he doesn't show up after, you know, beating Daniel Bryan. So you're saying he's only going to show up at, you know, are we surprised they put the title on Lesnar? No, I ain't surprised because supposedly Strowman, Granny, this is what they're saying, had issues with showing up on time. My opinion, so what? He's late, but he's always there. He's always at last. At least shows. he's at least for- he's there. At least he's there wrestling. You know. Yes, he, he performs. Lesnar's never there. He only showed up now. What a grand total! This is 2018, folks. Lesnar has only appeared on live TV. 14, 15, No, yeah, a grand total of 11 to 12 times because pay-per-views do not count as being as part of live TV you know, network stuff, not WWE network, but I am speaking about USA network, plus the tag team champions. they That's what represents Raw. AOP used to be the team that you feared with, you know, Paul Ellering and, and them, you know, being tag team champions. They are there more than Lesnar, the Intercontinental Champion, the women's champion. Raw is kind of like the puzzle that's missing its one piece. Um, and we're not just focusing in on Lesnar again, but here's my here's my theory to all the people listening, UK, United States, Canada, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, what's up? How you doing? Um, you guys know Crown Jewel was a joke. The fact that Strowman jobbed again to Lesnar after five or six F5s, like really? Okay, I'll go ahead and do my finisher eight times and call it a night as I walk out the fucking ring or out to the fucking ring, get out there, do three shoulder thrusts into the fucking buckle, and then because he's such a big guy, I don't know anything else, I'm just going to do my fucking finisher. That's how I feel about Lesnar. He's so fucking lazy. Like, Neville even said it. Lesnar's a good person, which I kind of doubt, but he said he's just lazy. Wow, that's that's uh, more than one wrestler, Granny, that has said that about him, you know, when planning a match. Ambrose said at 32, he had a hardcore match with him. Lesnar didn't want a gig, that's fine, but you gotta add chairs or something, you know, yeah, try to add barbed wire, and finally Ambrose said, fine, I'll be the one to gig since I haven't done it in quite a while. You know what that says? about someone who holds the championship not because he doesn't gig but because he's unwilling to plan a match with someone accordingly that would give the fans an actual fucking show I'm surprised Granny that Daniel Bryan got him to actually plan an actual match you're right because from what I understand, I wasn't there in the locker room when these two were planning the match. Or if Lesnar's that fucking lazy where he just texts Daniel, you know, what he would like done. It's weird because people don't get this, but when Samoa Joe and Lesnar worked together, somehow it made... It made me kind of smile, Granny, when he, I like working with Samoa Joe. I'll work him any match. Maybe, maybe just maybe Samoa Joe needs to go to Monday Night Raw. And maybe, just maybe, he needs to beat the holy stuffing out of Lesnar, win the championship, so that we or anyone can watch the red brand again because it's frustrating. It's hella frustrating. <clears throat> um, when you turn on the TV to USA Network and you say, okay, I'm going to relax, I'm going to watch my wrestling, I'm going to have a good night, you know, let's let's hope for the best. And then I've titled my show The Land of Promo, SmackDown, you know, is the true show, NXT. I have yet to hook you on NXT, Granny. You'll be thanking me after watching one episode of NXT because... They are on every Wednesday. They're only an hour long or close to an hour, but yet it's really, really interesting. 
because the women, you know, they do really well. Of course the women do really well. They do well on all levels. Um, oh, someone wants to, you know, that's funny, right? When I mentioned Starcade, I, okay, an eight-woman tag match, Naya, Mickey, Alicia, I forget who, oh, yeah, and, yeah, Naya, Mickey, Alicia, Tamina Snooker, there we go. And then you had Dana Brooke, Bailey, Sasha. Oh, goodness. I forget who the fourth person was. Oh, yeah, Ember Moon. So they had an eight-woman tag match to start off. Elias and Ric Flair started off. Kind of gave an ode to Starcade. Really wasn't that special. Then they had Miz TV, which was hilarious, Granny, because they had Shinsuke and um, Dario with a neck brace, which, Granny, this doesn't make sense. If you had a neck brace on, I guess you could somehow wrestle. Ray wrestled against Shinsuke. Go ahead. I think it would be rather hard to wrestle with a neck brace on, but I don't know. I never tried. They confused us because Ray was doing seated senton. He was doing the hurricane. He did 619, and I'm like, God, you guys suck. I mean, if you're going to angle an injury, just – I'm not going to touch on that, you know. I'm just going to say it was confusing. I didn't like the way that was handled, and, you know, it could have been handled differently if it were, you know, a neck injury. My God, dude, come on. So, anyways, the Miz interferes, of course, pulls Rey Mysterio, and then Rusev comes out. Lana comes out and splits her American-slash-Russian accent. But I'm like, oh, God, here we go. We're having a Kofi Kingston moment with Lana again. Two, the tag team match, Rusev and Mysterio versus uh, Shinsuke and The Miz, which is the oddest pairing I've ever seen. If I, jeez, Louise. So The Miz, you know, gets Machka kicked, and he gets 619. One, two, three, Ray and Rusev win, yay. And then... It was a very short, you know, short event. Um, There wasn't very much on the SmackDown Live women's side of things. I was surprised that Charlotte didn't get involved since, you know, her dad's there. And I didn't surprise she didn't have a match, so I'm just saying. I'm also surprised they're probably saving it for TLC. And in her promotional Raw versus SmackDown, Ronda versus Charlotte. So maybe that's why. The main event was a steel cage <clears throat> Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Uh, match wasn't terrible. Just AJ hits you know a calf crusher in the middle of the ring, and Samoa Joe on the bad you know on the bad leg ends up tapping out. So I wasn't too thoroughly impressed with that, Granny. It wasn't really like I said. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It's just one of those things they slopped together and said, "Okay, here here's Starcade." I didn't, you know, like I said, I heard a little bits and pieces about it, but I didn't, I didn't get to see it. So, good thing your eyeballs were not tortured by that mess, Granny. It wasn't, it wasn't the grandest of shows, but it's just like the old school Coliseum video feel to things. Like, okay, yeah, this is how we run things. So here you go. So, yeah. folks. Anyways, back on track here, just a little bit. Um, I talk. I have talked about you know Monday Night Raw. I've talked about success in professional wrestling, and I'm gonna keep on that for a little bit. If you want to be successful in professional wrestling, here's a little nod. Listen to names like Danny Cage, Brutal Bob Evans, Sammy Callahan, Zack Saber Jr., Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. Names that have been established, J.T. Davidson, Philip Stamper, Ronnie Nicole. These people know what it's like to go through hell and back when you're involving yourself with a business that is can be very you know friendly and outgoing if you make it that way, or it can be very hard, dramatic, you know, politicking, all that shit. 
if you feel like you're clocking into a job that you're not enjoying, my suggestion is just take a step back, take a break, and if it's still feeling that way, leave. Because it's just plain and simple, man. You step through that curtain feeling like the people aren't reacting to you a certain way, then change, adapt. Listen to people at seminars. That's all I can tell you because I am not a well-known. I am not a Bobby Heenan. I am certainly not a J.T. Davidson. I am certainly not a Philip Stamper or Ronnie Nicole or Sammy Callahan or Danny Cage or Brutal Bob Evans. I am just someone who has experienced wrestling on the other side of the not-so-glamorous thing. And I made the decision right after Monster Factory to leave. Why? Because I'm not going to sit there and force myself to do something that I'm not... It's just the magic's not there for me anymore. So I just decided to do the selfish thing, you know, make myself feel happy again. And I feel like, you know, after being through several road trips and whatnot, that I am happy. Uh, you know, just taking a breather, seeing it, seeing Kurt Russell and stuff. And not only that, I mean, um, you're running a podcast. It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, like I said, everyone's path to success is different. You're the determining factor in that success. Once you figure that out, you know, instead of pointing the finger or saying, so-and-so didn't shake my hand, that's petty bullshit, get over it, you know, we're we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all learn from those mistakes and we move on. So tomorrow, Off the Rails Uncensored Part 2. I have titled my show differently, folks. Yes, I know I'm going to be doodling uh, new logos. I actually, Granny, I finally got done with a design for like the cartoon version of You and Me. It's kind of funny. It's uh can't wait to it's see design it. Kind of like, yeah, it's a comic book bubble that has me saying ow ow and you scrunching my head in the noogie with a headlock and it says Granny Holster <laughs> on the front of your shirt. Oh wow. And it's oh, wow. Yeah, so I actually like I said, I I went folks to the trouble of doodling because drawing is one of my favorite things to do and what I did was I hand draw or hand drew stuff on the back of a notebook. See, simple things like that. Oh, and um, one more thing, folks. If you start drama or try to start drama with me or Granny, um, please don't. Because I saw some of the Instagram messages that were left when I fell asleep. You guys, I'm going to touch base with this. If you have nothing nice to say, please shut your fucking mouth. If you don't run a podcast, that's fine. You're, you know, it's your right to criticize, but if you don't know the process and the work that entails doing this, then all you're doing, all you are is a complainer. That's what I'm late. I'm, you know, call it what you will. It is what it is. So I'm just going to say in 2018, I've made it my mission to, you know, just take it one day at a time. You know, I've written down bunch of things in my you know that are going on in my head because I like keeping being preoccupied and yes I know that my show has not had guests so what am I going to do instead of bitching and crying about it I've been hitting the hitting the pavement running man trying to ask people if they would like to be on our show because we welcome guests we welcome Tom or any guest that likes to call into our show that's funny there's two numbers right now on the line and they just left Ah, well, for those of you listening in the U.K., the U.S., Canada, Latvia, Indonesia, I am Brian Rails, and if you didn't agree or like with what I or have anything to add to what I was saying, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Oh, Granny? And if you didn't like what Granny Holster has to say, what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? Well, folks... That's all the time I had for you is if you uh, like to join us tomorrow late night for the late night shenanigans for 45 minutes to an hour on Off the Rails Uncensored Part 2. Feel free to join us. Toodles, bitches, I got to get to work. Bye.
Now 